0: Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. Yeah, can we just give all of the moms a hand clap? We celebrate you today. We're so thankful for you and, and what you do. And um, I know I, I know that Mom's Day can be painful for some of you. And so just know that we, we see you, we love you, we're praying for you. And um, for those of you who are not yet mothers or maybe you didn't want kids, and that's okay. Um, just know that you're spiritual moms, and that is a weighty calling, that you get to come alongside of other women and, and sons that, and raise them up in the ways of Jesus um, that affects them for their eternity, and that's huge. So, I just want to um, thank you as well for for being that and doing that. Um, We love you and we see you today. Um, My name is Kim Massengale. I'm one of the pastors here and I get to teach today. Um, But I do have a few quick announcements before we get started. Um, If you are a mother in the room, we have some big giveaways for you this weekend, one of them being a spa gift basket valued at over $225. Uh, Bella Spa and Beauty donated a $100 gift certificate that's in that basket, and there's a lot of other goodies in there that are some of my favorite things. So moms, make sure and enter to win. We're giving away one in each service. And so you can enter to win at either Kids Check-In or at the Info Desk. And um, make sure and do that before you leave today. I'll be drawing the names this afternoon, and we'll post them on social media, the winners. Um, And if you don't have social media, then we'll call you or email you and can get in touch with you that way. And then also, um, women, all women, all females in the room get a cookie as you leave today from Oakmont Bakery. It's my favorite. If you've been around here, you know it's my favorite. So... um, if you've never been there, I encourage you to go. It's Christian-owned and run, and it is a beautiful sight to behold. Of all things Carps, like you will be blown How many of you have been to their new location? I just want to know. So Mel and <laughs> Colleen, I mean, it's like you don't even know what you're getting yourself into when you walk into that place. Um, so it's been fun to see God bless their business um, and they just opened this massive new location. Anyways, Oakmont Bakery, I need some discounts now. (laughs) They just gave you big props. Um, But all females get one cookie. And um, if you don't like cookies, it's okay. Give it to somebody else. But apparently, last service took me um, and went above and beyond. And so if you don't get a cookie, blame the 9 o'clock service. It was their fault. Because last night, people only took five cookies out of the whole night, and I thought, I'm going to be going home with 700 cookies, and this isn't okay. Um, all right. The last thing I want to announce is Reach. So we are starting this series called Honor, and I can't think of a better way to show honor to our city and our community than getting involved in Reach. Reach is a, and a day that we do twice a year where we go out into our community, show it, Show our community practical acts of kindness where we go into nursing homes where we plant flowers and um, do all kinds of things there's 15 different projects out there and so it is next saturday um, may 18th and there are still signups available we are still looking for some spots to be filled you can sign up at two different tables out in the lobby or online but today is the last day to sign up for that i promise if you're having trouble getting involved or meeting new people in the church reach is one of the perfect ways to do that because you're going to come alongside of people and get to know them in a very practical way. So I want to encourage you to get involved in that. Um, I want to pray over our message before we get started, and and then I'll get going. God, I just thank you for um, all of the moms that you brought in here today. God, I thank you for those that are not yet moms, and Lord, that you would just... Um, Lord, let them know that they are seen and loved and celebrated today, God, that you know their name, you know how many hairs are on their heads, you know what they need today, Father. I pray as we go into this message today, Lord, that you would help us all to lean in, help us all to um, surrender our hearts, and to hear what you have for us today, and we thank you for your goodness and your grace, in Jesus' name, amen. So I don't really have a Mother's Day message for you today, when I asked Mel Um, when we started this series of honor, what he wanted me to talk about. He said I could really talk about anything. And so I thought, well, it would be natural to talk about honoring your mom today. um, But that's not what we're going to talk about. And some of you are taking like a big sigh of relief. Like, oh good, I'm not going to get beat over the head today with honor your father and mother. Um, But the reason I'm not doing that is because I really believe that the root of all honor comes from our heart. And so I'm going to talk about Honoring from your heart because it's really difficult to honor the people that are difficult in your life. It's really difficult to honor that boss or someone in authority in your life um, if you're not honoring God with your whole heart, uh, mind and strength. And so today I want to talk about what it means to honor God with your heart, what it looks like. Um, Mel started the series last week so if you were here for water baptisms, it is one of my favorite weekends because it's where we get to see people in our church take that step of faith and declare and bring glory and honor to God for what he's done in their lives. And so Mel also shared like a very short 15-minute message on what honor means and basically that God puts honor onto us by showing us that he values us. And when we know that we're valued by him, we are... Quicker to give back honor and glory to him. So take a look at that message online if you haven't gotten a chance to hear it. It will be well worth your time. Um, So I know you'll probably agree with me, and if you disagree with me, you can tell me later. But I really believe that America is a a pretty dishonoring culture. Like I, I, I just see dishonor run rampant through our american culture and i think if you're from another country and you're in this room i see some of you today that are are not from america i think you would probably agree with me that we can americans can be pretty dishonoring compared to your culture Um, i see it when i go to other countries where they just have a level of honor and respect for other people that and even their family members that we don't see here. It's pretty easy to see when we turn on the TV for about five seconds. You'll probably see. Um kids dishonoring their parents, parents dishonoring their kids, couples dishonoring one another, friends dishonoring one another, um, making fun of our president, the, the people that are in our leadership, um, making fun of pastors, making fun of faith. Um, we see all kinds of dishonor happening in our country in this day and age. And I really believe it's because dishonor is birthed out of a prideful heart. And we are a nation swelling with pride. Right, we think that we are the answer, and we have all the answers, and we see it when we go on our mission trips. You know, uh, we can go into another country and think we know how to do the things the right way, the easier way, the faster way, and then we learn pretty quickly that maybe we don't know it all, and it's good. Um, but dishonor is always birthed out of a prideful heart. And honor is always born out of a heart, surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Simply um, put, we honor what we value. Like we put our value in a lot of things that don't really matter. So we typically only give honor to the things that are important to us. So sometimes family isn't one of those things. Sometimes time isn't one of those things. But we put value and honor into the things that we think that are, are important so in Isaiah 29:13, we Mel uh, read this scripture last week, but it just really has been on my heart and in, in my thoughts. And it says, "And the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men." The Message version says it this way, and it's a little bit harsher. It says, "The Master said." These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their hearts aren't in it. Because they act like they're worshiping me, but they don't really mean it. Ow! (laughs) Like that, I need to hear that. Because I think any of us, on our best day, can give glory and honor to God. But on our worst day... Man, our hearts are far from him. See, they knew how to talk the spiritual talk, but their hearts were far from God. They knew all of the scripture. They knew the Torah. They knew all of the things that that were right part of knowing God and, and learning about him, but their hearts were so far from him. See, you can't always tell a person's heart by what they do or they say. We can put on the good face and put on the good show and look like a good Christian or a religious person, but our hearts can be so very far from him, and I think that's why sometimes we see in the news or in the media, people say, man, I didn't, I didn't really see that coming out of that person. Like, I, A few weeks ago when the 19-year-old went into the Jewish synagogue and shot and killed a woman, um, he was... Uh, a Christian, and I'll say that because Christians don't murder people. Um, but I, I think that I heard on the news that someone said, "Man, we we just didn't see that coming from him." But obviously, his heart was far, right? His heart was far from him, from God. Um, we also see that they had no fear of God, and and fear doesn't mean being afraid of God like. Like, oh, he's going to you know, smack me. But we should all have a holy awe and fear of he is God of the universe. He controls all things. He makes all things. He sees all things. He's my biggest cheerleader. Thank you. Um, but God is, we should have a holy awe and wonder and fear of the fact that he created every single one of you the fact that he gives us breath in our lungs and he can take it away you know he 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 does all he is all he is an incredible god but yet it says they had no fear of god in themselves it had to be commanded by others and i wonder how many times that we we go into action or begin to change, try to change our behaviors because um, we're commanded to by men, but not necessarily out of a surrendered heart to Jesus. Their hearts didn't respond to God, but only to men. See, we can honor by serving by how we speak, by how we think, but true honor always originates from the heart. And we are to honor God with our hearts because we love him simply for who he is and not what he does for us. So the main passage of scripture I want to look at today is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's found in John 12:1 through 8. And I'm going to read it and then I'm going to share with you just some of the things that God really showed me this week as I was preparing It says, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at a table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he really cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Jesus said, Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial for the poor You will always have with you, but you do not always have me. So there's a few facts that I just want to to state here. Um, This story is also found in Mark 14, 3 through 9, and Matthew 26, 6 through 13. And there's another woman found in Luke 7 who is a completely different woman. She is a woman who they believe was probably a prostitute, but that's a completely different story than this one of Mary. We also know that it was six days before the Passover, so it was right before Jesus was headed to the cross to be crucified. And I don't know about you, but if I know that I'm about to head to the cross to be tortured in front of everyone that I know, And also, I'm going to be entering into a party that I'm invited to. And in that party are people that are going to honor me, but also is going to be the person that I know is going to hand me over to the people who will crucify me. I don't know about you, but if I knew that person was going to be at that party, I wouldn't go. Like, no, I think I'll just hang with... The people that I know are really going to love me, or I'll go away and be by myself before I get crucified. Um, But Jesus, see, he doesn't always do things like we do, thank goodness. Um, He knows what's coming, yet he takes time to go spend time with his closest people. Some of these people would honor him, and obviously some would turn on him in his darkest hour. So there's a lot of things we can learn about honor in this passage of scripture. So I'm going to share with you three different things that really stood out to me today. And the first thing is we need to honor Jesus with our possessions. See, commentators think that this was probably a big party to celebrate the fact that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Just one chapter um, back in John chapter 11. So for those of you who don't know the story, you can go back and read it. But but basically, Lazarus was one of Jesus' very best friends. It's the only time in Scripture where we see that it says Jesus wept because he was saddened about the fact that Lazarus had died. He let Lazarus stay dead for three days, which we think sounds really cruel. He actually got stinky, right? He... He says says he stunk, but he did that because he didn't want people to deny that it was a miracle that he was about to do. So then he raises Lazarus from the dead, and they're throwing this big, huge party for Jesus and for Lazarus and to show now the gratitude of what Jesus has done. So scholars think that Simon the leper hosted Jesus in his home, Martha served him dinner, and Mary used a very costly oil to anoint him. And I was reading this um, this week, I just thought to myself, Kim, what what would you do if Jesus came to your doorstep today, knocked on your door and wanted to enter your home? And so I want to ask you the same question today. If he physically showed up at your doorstep and wanted to enter your home today, would it be a place of honor to him? Or would you have to go hide some things you'd be embarrassed of him seeing? Would you have to change the channel to something that he may um, be a little bit more pleased with? Would you have to change the music to something a little bit more appropriate? Would you have to talk to your kids differently or your spouse differently? Or or maybe your kids, you would have to talk to your, your parents differently. Would you have to change some things before you allowed him to enter your home? Would he feel honored? If he stepped in today or would he feel uncomfortable? I also want to ask you, do you honor him with your other possessions or money or things that are pre- precious to you do you do you give back glory and honor to him knowing that he is the giver of all good gifts that everything that you have is because of him? You know for me, I remember um, when we were newly married, I remember we were serving on staff at a church and uh, our girls were really little, and actually there was just Abby at the time, but, um, but I remember our pastors that we served under, they always just kind of had people at their house. They just had this gift of hospitality, and we're always having young people over to their house, or people staying with them, and I just remembered being a little bit like critical and cynical of that, like thinking, man, like they always have people over I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. And so about eight or nine years ago, God really convicted me of the fact that he's given me a home um, that I'm not necessarily fully honoring him in, where I'm opening the doors, allowing people to come in and have a safe haven or, or live there temporarily if they need to. And so we took a step of... Uh, faith in, in new territory where we had a fourth bedroom that wasn't being used and allowed some of our interns to begin to live with us and then it's why we've put ourselves in the middle of the borough right next to all the craziness to be a safe haven for students if needed to come and and be in our home and and have a safe place if they need to be there and so I'm not saying that to like toot my own horn. I'm just saying that I've been there where I've been to a place of, of not really opening my doors to allow people in and to honor God with with the gifts that he's given me. Also, tithing. Like you were hoping I wouldn't talk about money today. I'm going to speak for my own personal. Not, it doesn't have to do with you, you know. But um, I know some of you have heard the story of when, when we were in Texas, and we were church planners, and Mel lost his real job, and we almost lost our home and and everything, and I remember a few months holding back the tithe, because I just thought, we don't have enough. Like, we don't have enough to give. We're in crisis. God will understand, and he is a gracious and merciful God, but I convinced myself that that I was the owner of all my money, and God really convicted me, and Mel, I'll be honest, Mel didn't even know that I had quit tithing. Um, I was the one who did all of the bills in our house, and so I, um, I really, like, said, God, I'm sorry. I surrender. Like, I trust you. I know that you're our provider, and I'm going to trust you with our finances because you're the one who provides anyways and so I began to tithe again and God just began to to open doors and we didn't end up losing our house and 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 we didn't you know groceries showed up on our doorstep literally by people in our church So I'm just saying like I I know what it's like to not honor Jesus fully with your possessions and then I want to ask you too I want you to think about the most prized or expensive thing that you own like the thing that Maybe it doesn't even have a lot of monetary value, but if it got lost in a fire or you would just be devastated, right? So what if you had the opportunity to lay that at Jesus' feet? See, this this oil, this nard that Mary had was from India, more than likely. It was very, very expensive. It was worth a year's wages. And women, I don't know about you, I hope none of you own perfume that's worth a year's wages. You might. No, there's grace for you to own something that expensive. But I but I don't own perfume that expensive. And so here Mary poured this entire bottle of this perfume onto Jesus that could, could not be put back in the bottle, you know, we typically want to give something that we can get back. There was no getting back that. And so um, she gave her very best. And I just, it just made me think, Kim, if you had the opportunity to lay your most prized possession, or if God, if God asked you to give him your most prized possession, would you? Or would you go find the gift from Aunt Susie that she gave you for Christmas that you don't really like? <laughs> Say, oh, I think Jesus will like this. Like, Because we do that all the time. With people that we don't really like, we give them Aunt Susie's gifts. <laughs> or you sold it in the garage sale a few weeks ago. <laughs> or you posted it on Facebook for sale and blocked Aunt Susie so she couldn't see it. You know, I know you do it. But that's the temptation, right? The temptation is to find an alternative and not give the best thing to him. But what makes... The difference in being able to honor him in your possessions is number two, honoring Jesus with your whole heart. You can't honor him in your possessions if you're not honoring him with your whole heart. Because honoring him is always a matter of our heart. True honor always originates from here. And without our hearts fully surrendered to him, you can't give him the honor he deserves. So there were at least four people in this story. There was Simon Peter... There was Lazarus, who was Jesus' friend, and Lazarus' two sisters, Mary and Martha. And we see here that Lazarus reclined with Jesus. And I love reading scripture. Like, it actually is fun, y'all. Like, just don't hit me. But if y'all only believe that the King James Version is the only version to read, I'm just saying, like, get yourself a new Bible that you'll actually enjoy reading. (laughs) Um, And so, Scripture's fun to read because we see here that Lazarus is just chilling with Jesus. Like, I love that picture. We think Jesus is this figure that we can't be friends with, but he wants to be your friend like he was with Lazarus. See, it would be easy for us to get upset with Lazarus because we're thinking, you're just sitting there with Jesus, don't you have things to do, but... But Lazarus just wanted to be with him. He was just raised from the dead by this man. So he wanted to take advantage of every second. Lazarus knew that his life was limited. He just experienced death. He knew who controlled all things. And so he soaked in every minute with Jesus. He laughed with him. He learned with him. I'm sure they were telling jokes like about how stinky Lazarus was just a few days ago. And um, I just love that picture. And then we see Martha. She's serving we know that Martha had the gift of hospitality. She was the hostess with the mostess, and I think that if she had Instagram or Pinterest, we would all be following her to get her tips um, and just ways of hospitality. You see, Mary didn't just put on an ordinary supper. They believed that it was a full feast. It was the best. She put on the best meal for Jesus. In Luke 10, 38 through 42, we see that Mary kind of gets a bad rap because she gets really irritated with her little sister Mary for just sitting around what she thought was just sitting around at Jesus' feet. I've been there. Like, I'm a doer. And so there's sometimes when I'm getting, my girls know, when I'm getting the house ready for, Abby's like smiling at me, getting ready, the house ready for someone to come over, and I've procrastinated I have to pray a lot, right? Because now I can get a little snippy. <laughs> None of you are that way, I'm sure. Like some of you are like elbowing your mom or dad, it maybe the. Dad. But, but, Mar- but Martha was that way. She was like, "We have a lot to do, Mary, and you're just sitting." And Jesus says, Mar- Martha, like you've gotten it all wrong. Mary's doing the right thing. She's sitting at my feet. um, But here in this story, we don't see Martha reprimanded, and I think it's because she was showing uh, her love and her gratefulness for Jesus out of her gifting of hospitality. We see her serving, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, But the area that I want to focus most on now is Mary. Mary humbled herself. She went above and beyond what anyone else was willing to do because she understood who Jesus was, what he had done, and that he was worthy of every single ounce of praise and glory and honor that she could give him. See, to pour a precious ointment on someone else's feet is one thing, but Mary took down her hair, and Jewish women did not take down their hair. Um, It would have been... um, It would have been very embarrassing for them to do that. And so they rarely let their hair down in public. But she said, you know what? Jesus is worthy of giving up all my pride. He is worthy of giving up what I think other people are going to think about me right now. He is worthy of this year's worth of nard that I'm about to pour out on him. He is worthy... Because I know who He is and what He has done, and she was worshiping Him, she was honoring Him in total and one hundred percent humility. You know, I um, all this weekend I've just God's just taken me back in worship, and and really just even with the song "Build My Life." You know, it's it's easy for us to sing the words of the songs. I will build my life in You and You alone. I will put my trust and hope in you and you alone. You are my firm and solid foundation. We can sing those words. We know the things to sing, but do our hearts really mean it? That we are building our lives on him and him alone? Is that really true? I know for me, sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm, I'm, building, I'm building my bank account, or I'm building what I think should be an HDTV home. Or I'm building um, accolades with people. I'm, I'm not building eternal things that are going to matter. And so I have to check myself and I have to ask myself, do I, right now, is my heart far from him? Am I really saying the things that I mean and that are in my heart and then we moved on to the song, Goodness of God, and my daughter sang that. And I could barely compose myself last night and this morning because I was just thinking, God, you are good. You are faithful no matter what our lives, no matter what our lives look like. It does not ever change his goodness he is still always good. We live in an evil, and a fallen world where bad things happen, but he's still good. We make bad decisions, but it doesn't ever change the goodness of him. And I just kept thinking, I know some of y'all know my story. I know some of you don't. Um, I haven't said this in the other services, but I'm going to now. But for those of you who don't know, and this is just a snippet, but at the age of 17, out of fear and maintaining my pride i had an abortion and i was a good church girl church girl hey okay? so when this song comes on today and i hear my daughter sing the goodness of god i couldn't help but think i have so much to be grateful for because you know what i don't deserve my two girls, none of us deserve anything. you get that? Like, we don't deserve anything, but because of a good God, we have what we have. And so I'm so thankful that I, that I turned my life and I began to surrender and give him my heart because I can't imagine what my life would look like if I hadn't. But there's still moments that I take for granted the things that he's given me. I get caught up in the day-to-day, and I get caught up in all the things I have to do. I get caught up in in so many things, and I forget the goodness of our God. That I get to even be in here today and worship him when there are nations in our world that aren't allowed to do that. (laughs) We have so much to be grateful for and he is worthy of all of my praise and all of my honor. Mary honored him with her very best. She didn't care what other people thought and these were religious people, right? She wasn't in a home even with unbelievers. She was in a home with people who who knew who Jesus was. They had followed him but she she knew that she had to let down her pride and she didn't care what people thought. And I just think, man, there's so many times that we get so caught up in what other people will think that we will choose to honor what they think over what God honors. And that's when I have to take a step back and, and be like, Kim, will you answer to them someday? Because let's... Let's get real here. When our life ends, when we take our last breath, which all of us will, there is one person we will stand before, and that is Jesus Christ. And we will look him in the eyes, and he is the only one that gets to say, well done, or depart from me, I never knew you. I want him to say, well done. Those other people that I'm worried about pleasing and honoring, they're not going to be there. Only him. And I want to look him in the face. And he's, what he's not going to say is, hey, Kim, you did a really good job preaching on Sunday. Because, again, I can preach, but my heart be far from him. He's not going to say, Kim, you did a really good job, you know, doing all of the things for me. He's not going to point all of that out. Kim, man, I'm so glad that you got magna cum laude in college. Good job. Well done, Kim. No, he doesn't care. What he cares is that my heart was surrendered to him and that I brought glory to him. That is our job here on this earth is to bring glory back to him so that other people want to follow him. That is what we are created for. And I love Mary. She did not care. She didn't ever care what people thought. In Luke 10, 39, we see that she sat at his feet and learned. In John eleven thirty two, we see that she falls to his feet and surrenders. And in John twelve three, we see that she anoints his feet and honors him. And how many times do we sacrifice the right thing in order to honor someone else? How many times do we fall into peer pressure or worry about saving face about what would honor God? before what would honor God. You know, I have new believers all the time say, Kim, I, I really feel like God's asking me to change some of my ways or live differently or not go to the bars anymore. Or, but man, my friends are giving me a hard time. Like man, they're telling me they don't, you don't love me if you don't do this or, or oh, you're just becoming one of those goody goodies now. And what's even worse is sometimes I will even hear the same things that's not coming from their unbelieving friends, but their friends that are so called Christians. I've experienced it. Mel and I have a personal conviction that we don't drink any alcohol. Now, drinking alcohol isn't a sin, right? Getting drunk is. But Mel and I just have this personal conviction not to drink. I would easily become an addict, I'll admit that. So I don't drink it, I don't even sip it. But do you know that I haven't really gotten much criticism from non believers? I've gotten criticism from believers. Why is that? Why is that? And I have to ask myself, why do I care more about what people think than what I think about honoring God? And here's what I've learned. People will often be critical of the way that you honor God because they are mad that they might have to do it too. And they don't want to give up anything. They don't want to have to lay down their lives. They don't want to have to surrender because it's not easy, right? But it's worth it. We don't get to take anything with us when we go. But man, when we get to heaven, it's for eternity. It's for forever. It's a heart issue. Judas knew that he was about to hand Jesus over to the enemy. Judas sounded religious. He appeared religious, he followed Jesus everywhere, right? But his heart was far from him, and he was angry that Mary had the right heart. In this passage, we also see that the house was filled with fragrance. See, when you live a life that honors God, it will permeate into everything, It will permeate into your workplace. It'll permeate into your home. It'll permeate into your classrooms, into your friendships, into your marriage, into your parenting. Now, does it make everything perfect? No. (laughs) I fall short so many days, but do you know what? I'm glad because I need to remember that I actually need Jesus. If I ever achieve perfection, then I don't need him. But the days that I fall short, I fall on my knees and say, God, I need I need you. I can't do this. Kim does not got this. I need you, God. I want to honor you and bring glory to you in everything that I do. I want the people around me to notice something different when I walk into a room. I want them to, to experience something different. The third and final thing we see here is, is that we have to honor Jesus while we have the opportunity. John 12:7 through8 says, Jesus said, "Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial for the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me." See, Jesus corrects Judas here telling him that Mary gets it. She gets the most important thing, and that's to honor him whenever the opportunity is at hand. Don't wait. Do it now. I'll hear people say, well, I'll, I'll wait till I get through X, Y, and Z before I really surrender and honor God. Well, I'll wait till he makes my life perfect and then I'll honor God. You know what? God doesn't so much care about when you worship him on the mountaintop. He cares about when you worship him in the valley. Because I will tell you, if you don't worship him in the valley, you're not getting to the mountaintop. And you can learn that from people around you. I know countless stories in this church. I know people who have cancer in this church. Um, and Rick Reifendeifer is one of them. And I'll hear stories about how his cancer diagnosis was. he sad? Did he go through mourning? Did he, did he process all this stuff when he got his diagnosis? yes. It doesn't mean he doesn't have bad days, but do you know Rick has left a, um, people know him at the Hillman Cancer Center because he turns back praise to God. God, even if you're still good, even if you're still worthy of all my praise. See, it matters how we worship him in the valley when things aren't going well because it matters for eternity. We pass up so many opportunities to to honor him. and, And see, Jesus, he was giving Judas an opportunity to do the right thing. Man, I fully believe that Judas could have been like, Jesus, you're right. I don't really care about the poor. I'm stealing money, and that's what I care about is advancing my kingdom, Jesus. I'm sorry. And he could have knelt right down there at Jesus' feet and Jesus would have lavished his love upon him because Jesus loved Judas. But Judas had a hard heart. And he just stayed mad. And how many of us just stay mad? And I have to venture to say that Judas was probably surrounding himself with religious leaders who really hated Jesus. And they were in his ear. Yeah, you should stay mad. Yeah, you really shouldn't follow him because he's not a good God. Yeah, he's really not the Messiah. Because if he was, he would have come in royal robes. And I wonder how many times do you stay mad and offended at God because you're surrounding yourself with the people who are telling you you need to? Or are you surrounding yourself with the people that in their deepest and darkest days are turning back their praise to God? We have the invitation to make the right choice, and we pass up so many opportunities to honor Him. We're so quick to take the credit. Man, anytime we have any sort of success, we're so quick to take the credit. You get that job, um, that job, you know, promotion. Well, it's because I worked hard. No, or maybe you worked hard, but God really blessed you and gave you favor. Man, I have a lot of money because I worked hard. Or maybe God has blessed you to bless his kingdom. Man, I I really did well in my athletic career. Or maybe God blessed you to do well in your athletic career to give you a name so that you could make him famous. And I really do well in school. Well, maybe it's because God's gifted you to do well into school to turn the credit and the glory back to him. See, what if we remember that the reason why we have the talents and abilities, the very breath in our lungs, because of him and only him, when we realize that, that this is not about us, none of it is about us. Our existence on this earth is not about us. It's all about him. All about him. See, praise kept to ourselves always turns to pride. It swells our heart. It swells our minds. See, what was the difference between Mary and Judas? It was only the posture of their heart. Mary was more concerned about bringing glory to God in honoring Jesus, Jesus was more concerned about himself and the fear of man. Mary honored with her heart. Judas only gave lip service. Mary saw the opportunity to worship, and Judas saw the opportunity to benefit himself. Man, I can, I can think, like, oh, I'm Mary. Like, we all want to be Mary. None of us want to be Judas, but I have to realize there are many days that I have a Judas heart. That you know? I forget what I'm doing, what I'm doing, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Even the last few weeks, like life's been crazy, not in a bad way, nothing traumatic has happened. But I just, like, our youngest is involved in three different sports. And it all ends next weekend. Glory to God in the highest. Like <laughs> her final lacrosse tournament. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I love, I love supporting her and going with her, and she never misses church. Like that's important to us, right? We care more about her spiritual heart than her athletic abilities. But And it's run me ragged on top of, like, all of the other things I do. I work here full time. I just have all the things, laundry and cleaning. And even though I have a great family who helps me, I just was kind of at the end of my rope and dropping a lot of balls, forgetting to do a lot of things. And then, to top it all off, my laptop decided to quit working. So... And I'm preparing for the sermon, you know, because you need a laptop. I can't just use a paper and pen, apparently. <laughs> like, that's God's like, Can a paper and pen's good. We kind of have always done it that way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the Apple store is not in, in Indiana. I don't know if y'all know that there's not an Apple store here, but there's not. Um, so I have to go to Pittsburgh, an hour and a half away, take it, they fix it. Nothing's wrong with your laptop, it's fine. I get it home that night, doesn't even power on. Nothing. You've got to be kidding me. I don't have time to drive another three hours round trip plus the time in the store. Like, I've got to work. I've got things to do. And so I'm just at the end of, you know, it all inside. Emma has a track meet in Greensburg, and I think, okay, I'll go to Greensburg, go to her track meet, not realizing it was an invitational, and they last forever. And, <laughs> you know, like, and then I schedule my MacBook appointment in Pittsburgh to go after that. Well, I realize that her track meet's going to last longer, so I push the appointment back. But when I looked, I realized I scheduled it for the next day. Kim, so, but God was like, this is on purpose, because you need to just stop, Kim. (laughs) Stop, is what he said. Pause. Sit here. I've got this. You think you've got this, but you don't. Just stop. And all the busyness and all the chaos. And remember, are you bringing honor and glory to me in everything? Is all of this busyness bringing glory and honor to me? So I really had to take a step back and be like, okay, what are the things that God has called me to do? What are things that I'm still doing that he's not called me to do, but it's because I'm a control freak? Right here. I don't like to think that I am, but it rises up. What are the things that you just feel like you have to do because no one else is doing it? What are the things that you have to do that you don't necessarily like doing, but like I don't love brushing my teeth. No, that's not, I do like brushing my teeth. (laughs) That's wrong. Junior hires don't love brushing their teeth, except for my daughter. Junior high boys don't love brushing their teeth. But we have to do some of the things, right? So I just kind of had to reposition myself, realign myself with God. What is going to bring glory and honor to you in my life? Because being stressed, running around ragged is not bringing glory and honor to you. And I just have big bags under my eyes. Um, and then I took it back. I, I paused, realigned my heart, realigned my life. And I would like to say, well, I took my computer back to the MacBook store, and they said, oh, we think we know what happened. We think one of the geniuses didn't plug your battery back in. Really? Really? (laughs) Apple geniuses, oh, but they're humans, right? So, sure enough, they just forgot to plug my battery back in. And then now the keyboard and mouse don't work. So... I'll let you know the update, but all I'm saying is even in the weeks like I had this week that weren't even bad, how I handle them is an indicator of how I would handle something when it all falls apart. God wants us to bring honor and glory to him not because he needs a big ego but because he knows what it does for us. He knows that it lifts a weight off of our shoulders that we were never intended to bear. He knows that a surrendered heart only benefits us and it brings people to him. And let's not be a generation that only gives him lip service. Let's be a generation who'll seek to honor him with our whole lives and our whole whole hearts. Let's be a generation who will seek to honor him now because tomorrow may or may not come. It just may not. And so I have to honor him now. While the opportunity is at hand, we honor with our whole hearts when we understand who he is and the magnitude of what he's redeemed us from. So here's the thing, even if he never blessed you with what the world would say a blessing, the gift of salvation is enough. The the gift of salvation that you get to spend eternity with him when everything else goes away is more than enough. And we get so caught up in the blessings here and now that we don't get to take with us. But we get to take with us salvation forever. So the worship team can come. You know, I think about my grandmother, my mama, um, her and my papa just really led our family in just a spiritual legacy. And there's a lot of us that are in ministry today because of them. And pretty much all of our family lives for him, which is pretty rare these days. So I just, you know. Um, have been thinking this weekend especially and this isn't about platform ministry at all because being on the platform doesn't matter. It's about what who you are in your heart, right? So, but I was just thinking if my mama was alive and she could be here today and I could honor her, like the fact that I'm serving Jesus would be a huge honor for her. The fact that my, her grand great granddaughter you know are serving him in the church and would be so honoring to her the fact that my cousin Kendall and his family have moved here all the way from Texas and it's a total God story it's crazy he got a pipeline job here said they told me I'm moving to Indiana PA (laughs) and the fact I just think There's a legacy that's important to leave, and it's only a spiritual one. Nothing else matters. My grandparents didn't have money. They were pretty broke. But they left a spiritual legacy that I will never You know, I think we have to ask ourselves today, is God honored in my home? Is he honored in my possessions? Most importantly, is he honored in my heart? And do I take every opportunity to honor him? And if not, what, what am I waiting for? I want everyone just to bow their heads and Let's pray together. God, I just thank you for this service. I thank you for every person that has come today. God, whether they follow you or not, God, you are their creator. You love them more than they could possibly know. And God, I just, in this very tender moment where we might picture ourselves and ask ourselves, are we Judas or are we Mary? God, let us be Marys. Let us be not care what people think. Let us not care at all. Let us surrender our hearts fully and totally to you and bring glory and honor to you where it is due, Father. Let us recognize that we have everything we have because of you, God, and we have have salvation because of you. That you're good and just because of that, God, and Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts. I pray that you would bring and draw us closer to you, God, because we want to leave a legacy. We want to leave a lasting impact. God, let our hearts not be far from you. Let us not be people of lip service, but let us follow hard after you, God. Let us hear well done. And with everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I, you know, I already stated that the greatest gift, the only gift that matters is salvation. The fact that when your life ends, it continues forever. in a place that we can't ever even, that we get to be in the presence of Jesus forever. And maybe you're in this room and you say, Kim, I've never made the decision to follow him. And I want to do that today. Or maybe you're in this room and you have said the prayer but it was just a rote saying. And you said it with your mind and your mouth but you didn't mean it with your heart because your life isn't aligning to being a follower of Jesus and you want to make that commitment today that you're truly going to follow him so if you're in the room today and you want to make the commitment to follow him for the first time or you, you want to recommit your life to him would you just raise your hand yes I see you over in the right yes I see you on the left yes I see you in the back yes I see you on the right you can put your hands down Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and keep your eyes closed and let's if everyone would just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying for my salvation. I choose to follow you today. I surrender my heart totally to you. I want to walk in your ways. I want to bring glory and honor to you. Help me to be faithful when I don't want to be. I give you everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just celebrate? You know, Scripture scripture says that he will leave the 99 to go find the one who doesn't know him. And there were many that were found this weekend. And it says that if one, if just one, that all of heaven erupts, like all of heaven is erupting right now with praise and glory and honor to God. So if you've made that decision today, I want to encourage you to fill out the card that may be in the seat back in front of you or in the seat in front of you. And take that out, fill it out. We want to give you a Bible. And um, so you can take that to the info center and then we'll follow up with you on some important next steps. Because following Jesus just because you said the prayer doesn't mean that your whole life's gonna be perfect. Right, you need people to follow you and and help you and, and come alongside of you. And then also, if you would rather text, um, you can text the word SALVATION to 555-888. So I just want to pray over you one last time, but I just want to ask, how many of you would just say, like, "him"? I'm, I'm a follower, but there are some areas of my heart that I need, I need to lay down, I need to surrender to him today. Would you just raise your hand? Yeah, a lot of you. God, I just pray for everyone in this room today. God, help us to surrender the areas of our hearts. God, we, we typically know what those are. God, I just pray that you would help us to surrender. God, I, I just believe that anxiety levels are going to lessen, that they're going to come down. I believe that depression is going to fall off of some people because they're going to totally surrender some things to you today that they've tried to control. Jesus, I pray for peace. I pray Lord, for your blessing on these people today, God, that as we choose to follow you and sit at your feet like Mary did, as we choose to bring glory and honor to you, God, that we would see miracles occur. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. And um, there's gonna be prayer partners at each side of the stage. If you need prayer for anything, please pray. I wanna encourage you to stand. We're going to be worshiping one last time together today. And Todd, like Todd and I did not talk about what I was preaching today. So I love how God put all these songs together. But I just want you to declare your glory and honor to him today as you worship.